0: Hey guys, if you're interested in checking out a video version of the show, please visit the low key geek channel on YouTube. There you can not only catch the video version of the podcast, but you can also check out my other projects and short form video that I produce. You can find a link in the description. Otherwise sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. For some time now, I've been saying that Top Gun Maverick is my most anticipated movie of 2022. For me, the most highly anticipated movie for next year is Top Gun Maverick. Let's go into May. They got two movies that are right in my wheelhouse. And one that I mentioned last year was my most anticipated movie of this year. It's Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick has that potential to be that amazing sequel that Top Gun deserves to have. Bro, you think, I'm, I'm honestly curious because I think it's going to be good. Do you think it's going to yeah. be good? There's no way it's going to be good, right? Like the trailer makes it look good. The amount of hype and the amount of buildup and ever since like the push and it gets pushed a few times. It was supposed to come out like three years in a row now. I don't know what's going on. I'm, I, there's no fucking way it <laughs> could pop any movie. No movie has ever lived up to this. Now, after having a chance to finally see it for myself, I can easily say that this is probably one of the best sequels i've ever seen and i would say and even argue that this is probably the quintessential summer blockbuster movie and we haven't had a chance to see something like this in a very long time so i'm excited to talk about it let's dive right in any fun yet yeah. Hey, what's up everybody? It's Renee here, Loki Geek. And I'm solo today. Usually I do these type of movie reviews lately with my buddy and fellow movie time partner uh, Blake wolf, but due to scheduling conflicts and um, The fact that he hasn't had a chance to see the movie yet. It's just me But I am more than happy to be your captain for this ride today, and I thank you all for uh, tuning in and joining me on this Review slash discussion of Top Gun Maverick. So I'm very excited to talk about this Um, When it comes to sequels and in my opinion what makes a really great sequel There are several factors involved in that, right? Um, I would say that A sequel should pay certain homage to the original movie but without relying on every little bit of detail and aspect that the original movie kind of put forth out there Uh, when i say that for example if you're talking about a sequel coming out 36 years after the original movie i like to see things that you know, don't heavily rely on that nostalgia factor. Uh, And I think that we've seen issues like that with um, sequels recently of movies that came out a long time ago. Um, I also think a sequel should do enough to progress the main characters moving them forward and not seeing a stagnant progression or a lack of progression or whatever the case is. Um, But also providing more um, depth and more progression in the story and in the universe and all that um, without having to have to rehash a lot of the things that we've seen in the original movie. And Top Gun Maverick is one of those movies that does a really good job at keeping that balance where, you know, there was a good enough amount of homage to the nostalgia factor of the original movie, but not heavily relying on it. Um, the characters that we, you know, grew up, or I should say grew up, but that we were introduced to with the original movie 36 years ago, and that we've, you know, form our own love for those type of characters, um, they were provided a lot more depth and progression. You know, we've seen changes with these characters and them dealing with additional changes that they have to move forward uh with and in this case it's basically maverick you know pete mitchell um we see him later much later in his life right and you know we learn about the stuff that he's gone through and what he's going through now and kind of how he has to deal with those type of changes um the movie as a whole and you know this is going to be a spoiler free portion of this video right now and we'll get into spoiler specific stuff in a little bit but the movie as a whole is was really such a feel good, fun, entertaining movie. And when I was watching the movie, it brought back a lot of memories of me watching movies growing up. Especially when you watch movies with your parents or with your family um, in the eighties and nineties. You know, going out to movies was sometimes a family thing. You know, or you did it with your friends, a group of friends. And especially in a summertime setting, you're looking for a great escape right you're looking to get fully entertained obviously you want to get away from the heat and all that depending on where you are and you just want to have a full fun ride and i really felt like that in this movie and this movie also provides many things for many different people looking for different things you know Fans of the original movie, you get a good amount of um, fan service without, again, like I said, relying on that nostalgia factor too much from the original. Um, those looking for romance or, you know, sweet heartfelt moments, you get that here. This movie at many times was very emotional. Um, and it wasn't just me, I saw the audience react to it um, as the movie was was playing. Um, Another great thing about this movie too is that you got yourselves the action aspect. We don't really see movies like this anymore, where you know you're dealing with fighter pilots and you know an armies or in this case navy setting or military setting um, that is more on a positive note in a way you know it's like not so serious but yet there is uh, a pending mission that has to be accomplished and the main focus is just that mission and not an overarching conflict Um, because the one thing that's great about top gun is that it's been very ambiguous as to who the main enemy is in the original movie they don't really mention Um, the country that we were uh, at war against, or that we had a conflict against. Um, And you get pretty much the same sense here, but you got your action stuff really covered. So if you're into the action and the dog fighting scenes and all that, you got yourself covered here. Um, And with technology these days, and with special effects and all that stuff like that, and knowing that Tom Cruise is such a nut That he did a lot of his own flying and was actually in a fighter jet during a lot of these scenes i felt most of the time i was wondering which scene is real or which isn't you know in the original movie you could tell that they were in this like made-up cockpit and all people are doing just like looking around and um the the pilots are like focused on straight on you know flying the plane and doing what they have to do here you see stuff happening around them you know and it looked so real um, it really put you in those moments and it provided a lot, a lot of tension a lot of suspense um, I felt myself like almost at the edge of my seat and I know that's like a very like cliche thing to say but I really felt it you know I felt like my hands were gripped on the sides or holding on to my bucket of popcorn and all that um, so, really, really great stuff there. And there was a lot of good comedy in this movie. There were a lot of moments that was extremely charming and, you know, got good laughs from myself and from the audience. Uh, it, again, you don't really see and experience movies like this anymore, where, you know, obviously you have your major blockbusters with the Marvel movies and Star Wars and all that stuff like that. Um, but with. A movie that is so dear to a lot of people's hearts and there's only been one of them and there's never been further expansion into the lore or the universe and all that you know except maybe for the video games Um, but there wasn't like any TV series or straight to DVD or home video kind of sequels or what have you Um, this is a pure um, continuation of something that all of us have seen 36 years ago or maybe some of you have seen it maybe more recently um, and it still felt fresh it still felt um you know new yes we are in- reintroduced to certain characters and scenarios um but everything you know on its own felt new and and really really like a brand new story and chapters being told and i i thought it was so well done in that aspect, um, you know, and I think the writers and director um, were very aware of some of the things that maybe didn't make so much sense in the first movie. Some of the things that we kind of poke fun at, like the the volleyball scene or, or what have you, or maybe the me too quick to happen relationship and romance between uh, Maverick and um, the Kelly McGillis character, right? So what they did here is that they kind of took those parts and really, really put more depth in it and made those things have purpose. And they kind of just, as if course corrected, or just you know, went back and corrected everything that was kind of hokey in the original movie and made it more meaningful here. And that, that is something that... I, I'm you don't really see that with sequels, right? Um, you, you've seen other sequels sometimes, you know, when they try to go back and uh, correct a lot of things from the past or rewrite certain things and, and you know, kind of um, a retcon, as they like to say it in, in the, the movie industry, uh, all that. Um, but the writing and the direction of this movie did a really good job at paying homage to tony scott's original directing and it felt like at times you were watching one of those classic 80s types of movies but with a really fresh and modern twist to it so that it can appeal to everybody and again i was not expecting to love this movie that much yes it was anticipated and I was really looking forward to it but I really did my best to go into this thing without such high expectations right and I think even if I did allow myself to get drawn into that I still left extremely satisfied and I felt like this movie did everything I was hoping it would do and it, it was just really, really a phenomenal movie, and I, I can't speak highly, more highly about it, because it, it's, it's definitely a movie that is meant to be seen on the big screen, in a group because, it, it, again, it's one of those great communal experiences that you go to the movies for in the first place, um, or at least one of the reasons why you go to the movies, right? And I think they did a really good job. Now, you watch interviews with Tom Cruise now, and he keeps saying that there's no way that this was ever going to re- be released on streaming um, without it hitting theaters, uh, without it having its home in the theater because so many people worked on it. And you can tell... You can really tell that this was a labor of love, not only to Tom Cruise, but to everyone else involved in it. They wanted to give this thing a proper treatment. Um, you know, there have been years and years and years of talk about a sequel to Top Gun. And many different scenarios and plot lines have been going around as to what this movie was going to be about. And I think with all the rumors that we've had heard, before about what they were gonna look into or dive into and all that they did enough to incorporate a lot of those different things and still surprise us with what this movie had to tell Um, so again it was just really great the romance in the movie was really more believable Um, like I said the characters had more depth the there was actually a a more cohesive storyline And not just dropping you into like little bits here and there. Yes, you are somewhat in a school setting, just like the original movie, but there's a purpose now for that, like a real true purpose. And there is a purpose for the ending, a purpose for the whole storyline all through. And it was just really more cohesive. And I, I thought, and I really, that's one of the things I really truly appreciated about this movie because I recently went back to. Uh, well, to the original Top Gun, and I rewatched it, and you could see my my uh, thoughts on it in my revisited video on the channel. But one of the things that I kind of mentioned was that you're just following these people in a school, and they're there training and hoping to win you know, this competition, right? And at the end of the original movie, there was this major conflict that just kind of came out of the blue, right? So it's like, oh, well, you know, good thing you guys went to school, so we're going to now put you to the test. Um, And then, you know, everyone everything works out to the end, and woohoo, yay, we did it, we saved the day. uh, Which is a very typical 80s type of movie scenario. Here, everyone is brought together because there is a common goal, and there is a main purpose and reasoning for them to be there. And then, when they have to go through that, uh, the ultimate mission you understand why that all has to be done and i think that's another thing that a lot of people will have a takeaway from this movie is that the storyline made more sense um it wasn't like a generic storyline or anything like that um it was a, a purpose there's a purpose and a goal there um so again really really well done um let's talk about the soundtrack too so again when i talk about nostalgia. Um, there's no problem and you know no issues if you are taking bits of things from the original and repurposing them in a new form, but also allowing yourself to put your own twist to it from the beginning of the movie we are we are treated to the soundtrack the original soundtrack, and you all know it when you hear it. You get a little bit of Kenny Loggins right and You know, of course, it brings you back to that moment when you watch the original movie. And I watched the original movie in the theaters. So I was just, you know, it it brought back to me being um, uh, six years old, uh, not six, sorry, eight years old in the theater and, and feeling that, you know, that moment when I was watching this on the big screen. But Hans Zimmer did a good job at still putting his own influence in the soundtrack and the score. Um, and, you know, again, you hear bits of the original stuff, but then modernize and, and different spins on things like that. Now, Lady Gaga's song is no take your breath away, but it had its moment and its purpose in the movie. And it was a nice little addition there, just knowing that she was involved in that soundtrack. Um, could we have used a little bit more Kenny Loggins? Maybe. You know, but that's something that I'm not going to ding the movie on. But yeah, overall, it was a fully fun experience. And I really can't wait to talk about um, some of the more further details within this movie. So... Let me know in the comments what you thought about the the movie, your initial thoughts. Was it something that, you know, maybe you were overhyped on? Uh, did it live up to your expectations? Were you just never a big fan, maybe, of the original, and you, you know, came into this kind of fresh and just said, I want to see what the buzz is about. I want to see what everyone else is talking about. Um, Tom Cruise is phenomenal in this movie, and he did a really, really great job. It's amazing to see how he was where he was 36 years ago, you know, the up and coming fresh face, teen heartthrob, all that stuff like that. And then seeing where he is now, where he is probably one of the very few pure action stars that we have right now, you know, with the mission impossible movies. And now this, this really helps solidify Tom Cruise. I really think as a pure, old-school action star that is still prominent today. Um, then you have great performances from from Jennifer Connelly. Uh, I thought she was a great romance interest in this movie. Uh, and again, a romance that worked. Um, and then you have all the, the, the supporting characters in there. And they were all great. Everyone did a really great job. Miles Teller is so good in this role. And you really, really get that good sense of chemistry between him and tom cruise and him with everyone else um yet yes you you kind of have like that rivalry just like you saw in the original movie you know between val kilmer and tom cruise and all that you get a lot of like moments like that but it, it really worked and it didn't feel outdated or anything like that so let me know again in the comments but i am about to dive into spoiler territory so before i do that if you're brand new to this channel and you're just coming across this video, thank you for watching. If you like what you see and you want to just see more, doesn't cost you a thing, show your love. Just hit that like button, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Hit that notification bell so you can get notified of new videos once they're uploaded to the channel. And if you are an audio podcast listener, you can find this episode and many others on your audio podcast platform of choice just look for the low key Key channel there and you can download this and many other episodes there so final warning spoilers ahead and here we go hey guys i hope you're enjoying this episode so far but before we continue i wanted to quickly talk about bulletproof coffee bulletproof coffee is my favorite coffee of choice to start off my mornings with why because it's clean coffee what does that mean well one there are no chemicals in it. Why? Because they go through this multi step process of making sure that all of their beans are fully clean and free of any chemicals so that when you get the beans delivered to you, it is the pure beans, the pure coffee, the goodness that you've been wanting, the taste, the flavor, and the nutritional value as well without worrying about any added chemicals or anything else put into the mix there. Um, It also doesn't have that weird acidic taste that some coffees give you. I don't know how about you, but for me, some coffees kind of give me that weird sensation in my stomach makes me a little burpy and it kind of drags me down a little bit instead of really waking me up uh, which is something that i need from my coffee every day bulletproof also offers a lot of keto friendly snacks and supplements anything that you need to kind of add to your everyday nutritional needs add to your diet and make you and pretty much transforms the way you feel uh every day so uh, for a limited time if you use this code on that you see on the screen right now lowkeygeek all caps one word you can get 15% off your order so what what is it better than that right check out the link in the description of this episode use this code get yourself your discount and make your mornings a little bit more bulletproof with bulletproof coffee now back to the episode So one of the things that really kind of concerned me when the movie was starting and you know when the opening credits were coming through Pretty much almost started note for note how the original movie started. You know, you have your little opening text explaining about the Top Gun school and blah, 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 this and that. Then it starts off on the aircraft carrier. And you have the the original soundtrack there and you see like everyone prepping planes as they're about to go and this and that. And then the Kenny Loggins danger zone kicks in. And I bam, 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 bam. And, you know, things start heating up and everything. So it I, I started, like, asking myself, like, oh, no. Are they just going to do a note-for-note rehash of the original movie, just in a more modern setting and different characters and all that stuff? Um, I'm happy to say that this is no Force Awakens situation they did enough where after that opening kind of credits, once that all played out, the moment the real movie kicked in, it felt different enough already. you know obviously we, the first thing we see is is Pete Mitchell, Maverick himself, you know in his later years and it looks like he's enjoying some time by himself, he's fixing up a plane and we get little subtle hints that he has been a test pilot. Um, and that's where he finds himself he is a test pilot apparently he's helping test out you know fighter jets or aircraft ca- that can go really fast and they're currently trying to do something right now and, and kind of break the mach 9 speed barrier um be- but they due to budget concerns and you know the military or the navy moving forward with technology they want to move forward with, uh, remote control of aircraft. So like more like drones, robot, robotics, and all that stuff like that, which is, has been rumored was going to be a major plot point in if they were ever to do a Top Gun sequel. So I liked how they kept that in there, but that did not take full hold of the entire movie or an entire plot of the movie. Um, Pete being the insubordinate that he is, um, you know, kind of goes against the the direct orders from the admirals there. And he decides to take the aircraft out for you know for that spin to break that Mach 9 or break Mach 10, which is which is now they're saying is the new target goal that they have to reach. Um so it was really, really interesting to see that Pete hasn't hasn't really changed. Uh, you know, he's still, um, very, he's still a hot shot. he's still very, he's not good with authority, um, which was very, very, very interesting to see. We learned, because if you, re- if you remember from the original movie, the movie ends with him saying that he's interested in teaching, right? And he wants to be a teacher in Top Gun and all that. So, as the movie progresses, we learned that he only lasted two months. He feels his purpose is within the cockpit. He is a, a flyer. He is a fighter, and that's what he does. He's a pilot, right? Um, but it also sounds like that he's uh, he's formed an even worse rep than we originally left him at. So some bridges have been burned, and he kind of he's looked upon as kind of like this black sheep in the navy, right? Um, He's remained captain. He could have been promoted several times, um, but he just refuses because he feels like he is where he's supposed to be. Um, But this is one of the interesting points about Maverick in the movie is that Maverick is now going through a phase where he is kind of quote-unquote outdated. So he is kind of forced to really have to let go and grow up. Uh, Which is something that obviously we would not have expected to see from Maverick. But things that progress in the movie kind of lend itself to like, all right, Pete, your your days in the glory and your hotshot way of thinking, that has to change a little bit. Right, you have to get be a little bit more mature. You have to start thinking about those around you and all that, um, which is really, really interesting. And like I said, we're getting more of a story than we've ever gotten with Pete from the from the original movie. Like it, we're getting more depth with this character, and I really, really love that. Um, you know, so you know later on they tell him that there is this important mission that has to be accomplished and the only way to do it is if we have human you know pilots to do so um, because it's so intricate and it's so detailed and you people have to be able to you know work on the fly and all that stuff like that so they bring him back to Top Gun to instruct the top uh, pilots of the day to perform this mission. And again, it, keeping it very ambiguous with who the conflict is against, we just know that there's this silo that has to be destroyed uh, because it you know, poses a threat, uh, biochemical, whatever threat, um, but it needs to be taken out, right? So it, it's really, really, uh, like I said before, we now have a fleshed out storyline this is a conflict we need to do all of these things in order to address this conflict and then carry out the mission at the end so we're not being thrown into just like bits and bits and bits in here and just hanging out like the first movie felt like a hangout movie you know where you're just hanging out with a group of dudes you know trying to uh outbest each other to prove that they're the best pilot ever right and then all of a sudden oh wait there's a conflict now we got to go and uh use what we've learned to do what we got to do uh so i like the fact that there's this uh, full story all, all throughout um very early on we get to see what the relationship is with tom cruise and miles teller's character so obviously in the trailer if you haven't paid that much attention to miles teller plays goose's son now they could have done the easy way out or the simple story plot line where there's a conflict between the two because the son is angry at maverick for the death of his father right and living and leaving him fatherless but we learned that that is not the case The main case that we learn here, or the main reason why there is that tension and conflict between the two is because Maverick held Goose's son back from joining the Navy. Um, Which is an interesting twist there. So it delayed his career, from what they say in the movie, four years. So Goose's son could have been something else at this point. But because of what Maverick did in Maverick's intervention, now Goose's son is where he's at, right? Um, Which is, again, very, very interesting twist to what they could have easily done. The reasoning we also find out because of that is Goose's uh, Goose's wife, who in the original movie was played by Meg Ryan, because of what happened to Goose, did not want her son, to join the Navy. Did not want him to do anything remotely similar to what the dad did. So, as a favor to her, Maverick decided to pull his application out. Hence why that happened. Obviously, Goose's son was able to go in there and do it anyway and get through. But that's what caused the tension and the conflict. And the main tension is because... Goose's son has no idea why Maverick did that. There was a touching moment between uh Jennifer Connelly's character who um is uh, uh who plays an admiral's daughter. And I'll get more in details about that later. Um basically they talk about that situation and she asks Maverick, you know, have you ever told him the reason why you did that? And you know, basically, he said, like, I, I don't need him to be mad at his mom. He's already mad at me for whatever re- he wants to be mad at. There's no reason to be mad at his mom. Because guess what? His mom is dead. His, ma- his mom passed away. So, Goose's son, in a way, is in a similar situation that Maverick found himself in in the original movie. No family all he can really do is rely on his friends or and his fellow colleagues so the great thing about this storyline between the relationship of maverick and goose's son and i'll I'll, instead of always calling him goose's son let (laughs) let me pull up his real name here um because uh we we should give proper respect bradley 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 bradshaw that's a very american name isn't it bradley bradshaw um but jennifer and jennifer Connolly's name is penny penny benjamin right but bradley and maverick the chemistry and relationship there again it, it mimics almost the same situation like i said in the original movie so it, it kind of forces Maverick to want to be that mentor, be that father figure, be that supporter that maybe he was lacking, especially once Goose died in the original movie, because we already know that Tom, like Maverick had a chip on his shoulder because he was living up to his father's reputation in the Navy, father's dead, gone missing and on a mission no mom to be seen. So Maverick was alone. And in a scene in the original movie, Maverick even mentions that Goose is his only family. Goose's family is his his family. Goose dies, he loses that. Because obviously he feels the burden that it was his fault that Goose died. I mean, let's be clear. I I personally think it was Iceman's fault uh, it was Val Kilmer's fault as to why Goose died. If, you know, he didn't move out of the way earlier enough and let Maverick handle the situation, then that would have been a different story, right? Um, So it it kind of created the dynamic that Maverick wanted to be there for Bradley, you know, which is very touching. And again, a sign of maturity of Maverick's character. Um, But like I said, In the beginning they really really kind of quickly unravel that as you're watching them because Bradley's part of the top elite and he is there in the training mission at Top Gun and Maverick is their instructor right and it was very interesting to see Maverick being an instructor by the way um, because he pushes these kids man you know we already know Maverick is this insane pilot You know and he can do things like no other and he really puts these people to the test i mean it's seeing those training scenes and how they could never outwit maverick is unbelievable and it was just a lot of fun to watch all of that transpire um to the point where none of them were able were even really remotely able to complete the full training because they kept pushing the the mission up further and further, as the conflict grows and grows, or the you know, the window shrinks, and it gets to the point where everyone is feeling that there's no way we're gonna accomplish this movie. No pilot can do what they need, what is needed to be done, until Maverick shows them and proves them wrong, which was an amazing thing to watch. Also, and again, one of those like feel good aspiring moments in the movie that we don't really see often. I feel like, again, it's like a nice little homage to like 80s type of movies, right? Um, So, you know, Maverick is their teacher and all that stuff like that. And the reason why Maverick gets away with what Maverick get, gets away from, with is because he does still have that one person that's looking out for him. And it's the last person that you would have ever expected. And that's Iceman, Val Kilmer. The way that they managed Val Kilmer's character in this movie is amazing. It's probably the best way you could could have ever handled it. Because if you're not familiar, Val Kilmer has throat cancer. That's one of the reasons why he stopped acting for a while. Um, But it limits his ability to speak. He has a hard time talking. So, knowing that Val Kilmer was going to be in this movie, uh, one of the first things I had to ask was, like, how are they going to handle it? Is he even going to show up? So, it was Val Kilmer, it was Iceman who requested Maverick to teach these pilots to, to accomplish this mission, this mission. And it's we learned that it's Iceman who's been covering up for Maverick's insubordination and all that stuff like that. So we get to see text messages between Iceman and Maverick. So there's a presence there, right? which was very smart, the way they handled it. Then there's a meeting. So Maverick has to go to his house to finally meet up with him when things are just not working out at the, at the training. We learned from his wife, from Iceman's wife, that there's a condition. That Iceman has been going through that came back, and now it doesn't look that good. And they and the way that they even address it is like, it's it's gotten to the point where he can't even speak. Boom, easy way to manage that situation, and it worked. It wasn't hokey, it wasn't corny, and it wasn't forced, which was, which is so good, so so well done. And then you get to see Val, on screen, and man, Val whether it's makeup or what have you, he looks like Iceman. He really does. And he's communicating with Maverick on the computer because he can't talk. And they have this great heart-to-heart talk about, you know, again, it's, it's about the progression of the character of Maverick. Maverick has to grow up. Maverick has to let go. He can't have that burden of Goose's death over his head. You know, it, 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 he, M- Iceman tells Maverick, the Navy needs a Maverick and always does. And that's why he's still there. That's why he's always going to be around. And there's, a, and then again, when they stand up and you hear Val actually talk a bit, who gave me all the feels, all the emotion. And which, again, unfortunately makes it even more heartbreaking when Iceman finally dies and he succumbs to his illness. And you see it in Maverick's face like, oh, no, another one. Another part of my family is now gone. Now I have nobody. Nobody has my back. No one, no one can speak up for me. He's done. He is literally now on his own. And that's why the relationship between him and uh, Jennifer Connelly's character of Penny made sense. This romance between the two made sense. One, because there's a history there. Now, if you remember in the original movie, it's mentioned that Maverick has gotten into trouble with. because of something that happened between him and the Admiral's daughter. An Admiral's daughter. The section leader three times, put in hack twice by me, with a history of high speed passes over five air controlled towers and one Admiral's daughter. Penny Benjamin. This is the Admiral's daughter. So they have a history. And apparently. Maverick has a thing with admirals, where he's always pissing admirals off, right? But there's a history there. And it's not something that was so easily expected. You see Penny pushing back. You know, let's not do this again. Stop giving me that look. I love how they that's like a, a common thing throughout the whole movie. It's like, I don't like that look on your face. Well, it's the only look I got. You know, or, or Penny. Every time she said, "Don't give me that look, Pete." You know, uh, because you know Maverick is cocky, right? And he he's one of them, you know, macho guys who thinks he can get whatever he wants just by winking at you or or doing whatever he does. But it it was something that had to be earned. The relationship between the two, and not something that just so happened. So quickly and out of the blue and out of left field and everything. But what also made the relationship believable and meaningful is because now she's trying to push Maverick along. She's being there for Maverick for everything. And again, pushing Maverick along in that progression that needs to happen. He needs to get past all the 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 ghost of the the past, all the the baggage and do him. And do what he is needed to be done for the kids for the younger generation and um, it, it was such a great great thing to finally see and the chemistry between Tom Cruise and uh, Jennifer Connelly is phenomenal she is so good in this movie not only is she breathtaking but I mean Jennifer Connelly we already know she's a great actress and I, I think it was perfect casting to have her in this movie. Um, and the chemistry was there. It really worked. Um, and she was able to provide that shoulder, that that kind of guiding light for Maverick's character, which, is, which, again, really worked in the story. Now, let's talk about the mission itself because I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of comparisons here to, into what I'm going to be talking about. The mission is basically a ripoff of the Death Star uh, trench uh, mission in Star Wars and New Hope. Star Wars. Basically, you have to have these fighter jets, pretty much like at the highest speed possible, go through this canyon, and they have to fly really low to avoid all the anti-air, the, uh, what is it? The surface to air missiles, the SAMs, right? Because if they go above a certain level, the radar picks it up. It's automatic targeting and boom, they're dead, right? So they have to stay really low, top speed, going through the canyon, go over a mountain until there's a little target. And it was like a little shaft that they have to bomb and then escape without getting... Either hit by the missiles, or it, without being, without having uh, to deal with engagement from enemy pilots. Am I wrong? It's the trench scene. It's exactly the same thing, except the only difference here is that there has to be two runs, one after the other, one to kind of like open the window, sort to speak, and one to do the final killing blow. So you have. Two sets of two going to accomplish this mission. I laughed. I laughed when that whole mission was revealed. And it was revealed in a very Star Wars-y way. Where they have like the map. And they have the simulation of what needs to be done the close-up on the target what you know the explanation and everything like that the only thing missing was like a real mon mothma character explaining about how they got these plans and all this kind of stuff like that how they got the intelligence um but it was star wars so i'm pretty sure the writers you know they they kind of it was like a little nod to star wars there um but it was still believable right and and again them having to have to accomplish a mission like that seemed impossible until Maverick was able to show them Maverick did it on his own in training right and it kind of lifted the spirits up of everybody it's like if Maverick this old geezer Maverick can do it why can't we and it was done at a point where Iceman dies so the the commanding general or admiral i forget john ham's character was like look i'm taking over the training i never wanted you to be part of the training in the first place i was doing this because iceman said so he's now not here you're out and we're gonna do this my way but his way was too slow and he didn't care about casualties Pete, Maverick, cared about all the pilots. He Not only did he want this mission to be accomplished, but he wanted everyone to come out and come home alive. John Hamm, on the other hand, didn't care about any of that stuff. He was like, look, let's get this mission accomplished. There will be casualties, and that is to be expected. But as long as the mission is done, then we're gravy. And you know Pete was like nah man you can't your way is the wrong way I'm going to show you how my way works and he did it on his own in training and because of that the one thing that they really didn't want to do had to happen and that is they it forced Maverick to lead the attack to lead the mission Maverick was just there to train but they made him the leader and uh, and then that you know that's the story right and so again really really awesome stuff and I and I love how they were able to do that now as before I get into the mission itself remember when I said that you know they took things from the original movie that maybe we poked fun at and either expanded on them provided more depth for them or created a purpose So one of the funniest things that we laughed at in the original movie was the volleyball scene, right? Because it felt like it really came out of nowhere. And it's just bros hanging out and having a good time. Here, they took that idea, that concept, and they spun it. Because what Maverick wanted to accomplish was teamwork. And it got to the point where everyone was just really against each other. Right, tensions were high, everyone was trying to do their best, but everyone was trying to outdo everyone. Right, and with your cast of pilots here, by the way, I have to say they did a really good job with casting a very diverse group. We have a female pilot, and she was phenomenal in this movie. Uh, I believe the actress is Monica Bar- Barbaro, who played uh, call sign Phoenix. She had she was going up against. Glenn Powell's character of Hangman, you know, obviously Bradley, Miles Teller, but you had so many people who were just like vying for that leadership role. Best of the best role, right? So tensions were extremely high. Plus, there was tensions because none of the other students understood what that relationship was between Bradley and Maverick. So there was you know a rumor or they had the feeling that there was favoritism involved which wasn't the case and that even created more tension right so how did we loosen the tension up let's play sports by the beach and that's what they did and it wasn't volleyball it was two games of touch football happening at the same time in the same group to simulate dogfighting how brilliant is that that's great writing and a purpose it created a purpose to not only loosen the tension but to get everyone working together as one team brilliant brilliant again using the stuff that we joked about but then sw- uh, you know flipping it and making it mean something and that's the thing about this movie there was a lot of things that were very meaningful Made you care, made you invested in in the characters, in the situations, in the scenarios, and in the overall story. Um, so I thought that was so well done, extremely, extremely well done, and I couldn't be even more happy with whatever. Um, like I said, the cast is is phenomenal. Um, you know, Val Kilmer like, for me is the standout because it's just anytime he gets a chance to be on screen these days, I really Truly appreciate it, especially with his condition and all that. Um, I'll be albeit short, it was still phenomenal to see him on the screen. Tom Cruise is a beast, man. Again, I've said it before, solidified as a pure OG action star that still can do it today. You know, such a great job. And you know, again, with all the further depth and knowledge that we got with. Mitchell really really great job the chemistry with him and Jennifer Connelly and I already said she was fantastic Miles Teller was so good in this role you know not only did he look like he could have been Goose's son but you know to kind of provide that mirror of Maverick in a way he was kind of like the Maverick he wasn't as hot shoddy as Maverick was but he was definitely kind of going through the same things that Maverick was, right um, And he wasn't the best of the best. you know Maverick wanted to be. but we all remember in the original movie it was Iceman who got the top award. Well, Maverick was dealing with the aftermath of Goose's death, so his performance kind of dipped a bit. but still, right it was like a humbling experience and that's the thing like it, it was a series of humbling experiences for Maverick. Um, but the rest of the cast was just so good, you know, like I would love to see if they ever do another movie, which they don't need to, but if they wanted to progress this movie forward, the the story forward and the lore and the universe forward, I would love to see a movie with this young crew because everyone is fascinating. Everyone did a really good job. Um, there wasn't any one particular Person that I felt was wasted, unnecessary. Everyone who shared the screen had a purpose and and did their job, and I thought it was so well done. I also love the fact that as far as bringing people back from the original movie, they really didn't focus a lot on that. You only had two people who appeared in the original movie come back here, and that's all you really need. Because, again, it's it's like what I said. Not having to have to rely on the nostalgia. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they could have brought back Tim Robbins. You know, who was kind of a throwaway character in the original movie. But maybe gave him more of a purpose in this one. Right? They could have easily have done that. Um, but it was not necessary. They really didn't have to do any of that stuff. Um, so, the cast was really great. Now... We'll talk about the main mission and kind of the climax of the movie, right? Because I loved it, but I could see maybe how some people might be like, Oh, come on, right? Do one of those. But basically, like I said, Death Star trend scene, they have to go through it. And of course, as they're going through it, things are happening, right? And there was a lot of fake outs in this movie but very well done fake outs. For example, the first fake out that we were um, treated to was in the very beginning, when you have Tom Cruise, Maverick, flying this um, aircraft, breaking Mach 10 finally, right? But you know Maverick, he has to push himself. So he pushes and he wants to go above 10. And then what happens? everything fails system fails and the aircraft explodes this is happening like in the first 10 15 minutes of the movie so we're thinking oh no wait a minute are they doing one of those this is the present but let's go backwards and see how we got here but no they didn't <clears throat> excuse me um because he he survived he landed somewhere and, and the, this movie also had a lot of funny, funny moments, a lot of comedic moments. And that was like one of the first ones where he walks into this diner and he's kind of like disheveled and he just wants some water. And he's like, Where am I? And the kid looks at him like this weird alien and is like, You're on Earth, which is really, really hilarious. But, you know, they're going through their mission. And of course, what would be any action movie without some tension and and suspense and you know last minute stuff right so things aren't working out as they should targeting systems not working so you have to go by the fly and all that stuff now there's this huge scramble to get the hell out of there after they successfully did what they had to do they bombed the hell out of this thing and they blew it up but now they have to escape all the sams and potential incoming bogeys, right? And I think the, I, I'm using the word bogey wrong. Uh, if you know, but you know, enemy fighters, and this creates this manic, manic action sequence of everyone scrambling, you know, getting away from these missiles that are flying all over the place. You know, you got maneuvers and flares, blah blah blah, this and that. So he gets to the point where the one who is in pure danger is um Benjamin, Goose's son. Because he was the last group, and he was the one that did dealt that killing blow to that silo thing. And he's out of flares. And these missiles are coming in hardcore, right? So what does Maverick do? He maneuvers his way above. His plane above Goose above, above Benjamin's plane, and lets go of his flares. But since he was way too close, the missile impact affected Maverick's plane. Maverick goes down, and they're like, "We got to go back for Maverick." And orders are coming from John Ham. No, no one's re-engaging. Everyone got to get their butts back to base and we're all left wondering, like, is this the end? Is Are we just gonna have Maverick die now? Close the story out like that? Cuts to black. Then we see Maverick on the floor, right? Uh, wherever he landed. But enemy Chopper's coming in and is firing at him and all that stuff, and it looks like he's toast. And then, boom, Chopper blows up. Goose's son saves the day. Or so we think. Goose's son's sh- plane gets shot down. So now he crashes. And then they have this funny moment where they meet up and they're like, what the hell are you, you know, Maverick's yelling at him, like, what are you doing here? You know, you should have you never came back for me. The whole purpose of what I did to save your life is so that you can go back and return home. And Benjamin is like, No, F you, dude. Like, I I came to save you. And it's like, well, why did you do that? It's because exactly what you told me. I don't think. I just do. Which is another running theme in in the movie, right? Because that was Maverick's motto from the very beginning. You don't have time to think when you're up there. Because when you think, you die. So you just got to do. You just got to act, right? So now they're wondering, how the hell are we going to get out of here? Now, this is the part where it felt a little bit... uh, like true lies to me a little bit ridiculous and not something that we would have expected from a top gun movie because it was one of the rare moments where we have an on like a grounded conflict situation. So what did they do? They go into the enemy base and it was revealed earlier on that they, these guys for whatever reason still has old school F-14s. those are the same planes that we saw in the original, top gun movie 36 years ago and of course they're way outdated everyone you know what they were flying for this mission were f-18s more advanced technology all this stuff like that but you have maverick who's flown those planes he became famous because of those aircrafts right so in a perfect top gun world and storyline let's end it with them going back to old school roots right so they invade the base they get into the plane and it, it's so funny seeing um benjamin's character uh the character of benjamin looking around like oh my god everything here is so ancient i don't know how any of this stuff works and you have like maverick trying his best to like explain well to turn on the radar you got to do this and the radio da, 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 da. and he's like well how do i do all that and it's like he's like a little kid i don't know that was your dad's job i was just the pilot i was just flying and and making sure that we get the hell out of dodge or whatever so in very top gun fashion and tom cruise fashion right they get out of the base but they're being approached now by enemy fighters right and you know the the history of maverick was that which like what we saw at the, the ending moments of the original Top Gun, he took down three enemy aircraft, and he was one of the few that were able to do that. But unfortunately, they're being chased down by four. And he's like, "I can do this," but they have no radar, so that means they can't. They have like no use of missiles or anything like that, right? And the ingenious way of them riding the whole dogfight situation, with Maverick having to have to use his instincts is just brilliant and it really shows you again how amazing of a pilot Maverick was and he's able to maneuver and use the enemy's fire against themselves and everything but then they're being chased down by the one left remaining enemy pilot and just when you think things are are dire you know they're getting hit left and right they're not going to survive anymore the they try to eject out Eject's not working, so they're done for, right? Boom. In comes the main rival, and who, I guess you could kind of see him as a mix of Iceman and Maverick in one, and that's Glenn Powell's Hangman character. The guy who thought he was the top dog of the whole thing, he was able to join up with them and take out that last pilot, enemy pilot, to... Make sure that everyone else goes home. And then the movie ends with, you know, hurrah, yay, we did it. But, you know, I I, I still want to be with Penny because I made a promise and a vow that I'm not doing this thing anymore where I hook up and run away. Hook up and run away. I need you. I care about you. Uh, You know, there was this great moment where they hooked up and she has a daughter, right? And, you know, the daughter's familiar with Maverick and all that stuff like that. Um, So you could tell that there's a history. Again, love the fact that there's already history there. So you have, the daughter was supposedly supposed to stay at a friend's house, and then all of a sudden just shows up home. So Jennifer Connelly is like, you gotta gotta get out of here, but you gotta leave through the window because I'm trying to set a precedence from my daughter, as to what's proper handling and all that stuff like that, and we hear something that we would never heard from Africa. He's like, "This is the last time I'm leaving out the window. From now on, I'm leaving out through your door, because I'm not doing this anymore. I, I'm done with the meaningless relationships and all that. Like this is something that I'm gonna stick to." And you see him like kind of like jumping out of the window. All in the clear, but then he sees the daughter through the window. Ha-ha moment. But then the daughter says, promise me you're not going to break her heart again this time. Ooh, feels, 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 right? So he comes back, and we learn that she's also like a sailor. She loves sailing. And there was this really cute moment of her teaching him how to sail and all that stuff. Goes back to the bar where she owns, that she runs, and she you know, he's told that, oh, they went on a on a kind of like a, a trip on the boat. Well, when is she gonna get back? I don't know. She didn't tell me. So you think, okay, Maverick has lost his chance, right? Maybe she couldn't handle the fact that he had to go through this mission and she, she's not sure he's ever gonna come back alive. You know, fast forward a little bit, now you see Maverick. And Benjamin. Why do I keep calling him Benjamin? It's Bradley. Sorry, Bradley. B. BB. I'm going to call him BB. Him and BB working on the same plane together. Looks like things are cool with them. They're hanging out. And who shows up? Penny does, right? So it looks like everything is worked out for Maverick in the end. And that's how the movie concludes with... Penny and Maverick in the aircraft that they were working on, flying around, doing the thing that Maverick loves, and that's flying. Right, We don't know where he is in his career at the moment. We don't know what are the real after effects after the mission has been accomplished. His standing with the Navy. But it looks like everything is a-okay, and everything is hunky-dory, and everything is fine. And that's how the movie ends. Again, it's very reminiscent to an 80s type of movie. Like an old-school movie that we don't really see that much of anymore. And that's one of the, again, one of the many, many, many reasons why this movie is fantastic. The ending was satisfying. I didn't need additional exposition on a lot of stuff. You know, that's the story, and that's what you got. That's it. That's why I really don't care if they ever made another sequel to this movie. I would love to see it. Don't get me wrong. I'll be right there, ready for it. But there's no need. No one ever thought we were going to get a sequel to the original Top Gun, but you could kind of see how it would be warranted, because there's still things we could have learned more about if you were really invested in those characters, right? But... Really really well done. I could the movie didn't feel long at all. It was like just a little over two hours I felt like I could have seen maybe another 20 minutes, right? Um, But it was satisfying. It was just really really good. You know soundtrack was great The action scenes were off the chain again. I couldn't stop wondering is this the real one? Is this really Tom Cruise in the plane? you know was anyone else in real planes because it really looked convincing all of it did there were some moments where i'm like okay this can't be real but there were so many moments that the action scenes felt so real i mean and uh, you you see, if you look at the credits you could see that they did use a lot of real air flights and and you know aircrafts and and things like that to do a lot of the action scenes um but it just felt so good so well done so well put together really um if there was going to be any criticism for this movie i will say that maybe some people might say that it does run a lot of parallels to the original movie because there are certain beats that do kind of make you feel like the original like you're watching the original you know um but i don't think it was a distraction or anything to ding this movie on because i even though there were those kind of moments that were like wait a minute this does kind of feel like how it was in the original it didn't harp on it it didn't rely on it it didn't like use those moments as crutches just to kind of rehash things from the original movie this movie still felt original on its own but still giving that proper nod to to the original movie for to the first movie so i won't be surprised if i hear people kind of mentioning things like that but other than that i loved it i i am dying to see this movie again you know i really cannot wait to watch this movie again you know this is one of those rare moments where i just this is a movie i can see myself watching over and over again you know and there aren't that many movies out there that i can easily say that with and like like I said when it comes to sequels I think by far this is one of the best sequels I have ever seen and I love sequels Empire Strikes Back for a long time this is my number one sequel ever yes I'm a Star Wars fan but I thought this was a perfect sequel I don't know if, if Maverick, Top Gun Maverick overtakes it, dethrones it but it's really, really close. You know, it definitely ranks up there with, like, Terminator 2, Aliens, you know. Um, I don't know if you could really call Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom a proper sequel to the, the first Indiana Jones. Because you kind of go backwards in time or, or something. I, I, I forget right now how it was. You know but it, it remained consistent with the tone of the characters and the universe that they're in, you know, and without and I, I know'm I sound like a broken record, without having have to rely so heavily on the original, on nostalgia, rehashing things over again, they didn't feel they had to do that. They did it enough, but still kept it unique, fresh, and new for this movie and for the new generation of people who are going to be watching it. You know, so, again, I, I I love this movie. I really do. And I'm so, so curious and interested to hear what all of you think about it. So, let me know. Let me know in the comments what your thoughts are. You know, how you felt watching this movie. Uh, if you weren't planning on watching the movie and you decided to stick around and, and listen to me talk about some of the spoiler stuff, has it changed your mind? Ha- are you now invested and maybe you want to check it out for yourself? You know, let me know. Let me know what you think. Um, because I-, I do feel like this movie deserves a watch uh if you appreciate anything that i've mentioned so uh w- with that being said if you're interested to hear uh, about my thoughts and re- my revisit of the original top gun make sure to check out the video that you see on the screen right now uh again thank you so much for watching hit the like subscribe notification bell to be notified of future episodes and videos podcasts Loki Geek podcast channel. You could download this episode and more. And thank you again. Stay cool, stay classy, stay safe. And I will catch you in the next one. Peace out, everyone.